Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another live episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Whether you are listening to the show live or whether you plan on joining me or you're watching me on Facebook Live or Instagram, Twitter, I want to first thank you for supporting the show and listening to the show. Now, today's topic is one of those topics, I always say it's a good, interesting topic, but there's things that also apply to my personal life, and I share a lot of different things because even as a therapist, we all are either going through something, go, go through something, or been through something, and that's where we can take our life journey and our life experiences to be able to help other individuals in a professional capacity. Because a lot of times when you talk about therapy, many individuals still do not understand the concept of therapy. And it's more therapeutic to be able to talk to someone to help you deal with life challenges and things that you may be going through in your professional life, with your family, with work, or even your own inner turmoil or things that you may be experiencing. Now, I see that I have someone that's already logged on. But I want to say today's show is a very good show to where this topic is affecting a lot of individuals. Whether you have a person that just turned 18, that's close to 18, even in that we call it where they learn independent life skills, because that's what a lot of individuals appear to be lacking. But if you have someone that's graduating high school or on their way to high school or even just graduated from college, and maybe that boomerang child or someone, adult child living in your home, you're not going to want to miss this segment. Because today's topic is entitled Adult Child Entitlement. So when we talk about entitlement, entitlement means a lot of different things to different individuals. Entitlement is the fact of having a right to something or the belief that someone is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. So when we start talking about adult children and individuals are 18 years old, still living in your home, and some have passed that age, we need to talk about that. So let me log on, my callers, one at a time, so we can talk about this, because I do want to hear your thoughts. So if you want to join in on this conversation, give me a call at 516-387-1914. Hi, this is Jeanette Abney. Welcome to Percy Predicaments Blog Talk Radio number NN37. How are you doing this afternoon? Okay, you've been logged on. Ms. Jay, I just love your show, so I'm listening in, so I don't have any comment on this discussion. Okay, so let me log in the next caller. Hi, this is Jeanette Abney. Welcome to Purchase Predicaments, number NNN04. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well, thank you. First-time listener. Okay. Well, thank you for joining in on the show, first-time listener. Now, today's topic is entitled Adult Child Entitlement. Now, when we start talking about this entitlement, this this mentality, you know, when our kids are born, we got this, you know, because being a parent, I'm going to indicate what I wrote on Facebook as I put this together. And I said, being a parent does not come with a manual. It can be both rewarding as well as frustrating. Once the child becomes an adult, it's 
things like many still demonstrate childlike behaviors. This, however, can be normal because we get that. You know, they adult by age, but they got that childlike mentality. However, when the adult child reaches the age past 30, what is a parent to do? We've seen in the news where parents have had to try to have their kids evicted, get restraining orders, put them out the home. These kids are 30, 40 years old. I have one that's 37 that we can talk about. Now, today, there are many parents that have adult children still living at home for a lot of different reasons, and there appears to be an epidemic of young adults in our society that are struggling with getting off the ground. Now, I'm not saying that at 18 they're supposed to know everything, but when we start talking about this, what's going on in our society, the adult child, we know in some cases, may have mental health issues. They can be struggling with addiction, or they can have difficulty, what we call in psychology, failure to launch. However, what is a parent to do? And as time passes, the behavior and attitude of the adult child demonstrated around the home can appear to be like that of entitlement. Like they running things, they don't want to listen to what you tell them, they want to break the rules, they just want to be grown. Now, such can leave the parents with complex emotions as well as struggling to obtain resources and support. Now, first-time listener, are you a parent of an adult child? Uh, actually, two. Okay. Yeah. I have two, both out of my house, both out of my house. Neither one lives with me. Uh, My son's married, and uh, so he's, you know, on his way. And they both have, uh, you know, their own lives, so they do not live with me. (laughs) (laughs) That is a blessing. That is a blessing. And sometimes we have these boomerang children. I was telling... I had a conversation with my son yesterday, and, and I had to let him, basically, when I left my mother's house at 19, I didn't go back. I wasn't a boomerang child, and I'm not saying it wasn't hard for me, but for some reason, we have this thing where our, and many parents that I talk to are dealing with parental guilt because their adult children want to blame them, and the first thing they'll say is, I didn't ask to be born. I didn't actually come into this world, but what are you going to do about it? You cannot well, continue blame your parents. No. No, you can't. I mean, you you know, you do the best you can. You raise them. I mean, I'm, you know, my kids both have, you know, college, you know, degrees. And um, my son has, has had a, the same job for many, many years. He's very stable. My daughter's very impulsive. Um, you know, she's been in and out of relationships. Um, her, she's now, this last one, she's packing up from Cali and moving to Aurora, Colorado with this guy. And neither one of them has a job. So it'll be an interesting uh, thing to watch her go through. But, um, yeah, you just, after a while, you know, you kind of got to let your kids go. I, I don't true. know what to say. <laughs> That's true. So, but some parents now that struggle with what you call the empty nest syndrome, you know, because they want to hold on to their parents. And some of it can be cultural because in some cultures they don't believe in the adult child leaving the home unless they're married. And like you said, this right. is a scary situation for your daughter to be going somewhere 
and not knowing where she's going, how she, how they're going to survive. And when we start talking about the stress that parents go through, praying mm-hmm. for their children, worrying about their children, we want them to grow up. We want them to be responsible. Right. We want them to be held accountable. But a lot of times we got to sit back, pass them the baton, to, but to let them know I'm there if you need me, but don't take advantage of me. Don't try to mooch off exactly. of me. You don't have the right to claim something that's not yours. And like I said, many parents are struggling with that. I don't know if it's something that they may have said to their children growing up or the child just was just spoiled and had this entitlement mentality because there, that, mm-hmm. there is a mentality that consists of somebody owed me something. Somebody's going to pay. Now, I have two adult children. One is 35, very proud of her. But my 35-year-old has always told me, I ain't never asked to be grown. And she is so right about that. Being a kid, mm-hmm. she never threw that up in my face. But she's my more responsible child. My oldest son was spoiled, more so by his mm-hmm. grandmother and my sister's and so now he's trying to get me to think everything is my fault. And when we start talking about tough love, tough love looks different for every family. Now, when you have a Correct. child, yeah, if a child is autistic or is a developmentally delayed adult, there are resources out there, too. And there are still parents that struggle with obtaining resources for their adult children if they're struggling with a mental health issue or even if they're dealing with alcoholism, drug addiction, you know, there's a lot of different things going on. But if that adult child is just refusing to get some help and just want to move and want to lay off that parent, I grew up in Compton. Mm -hmm. And growing up in Compton and watching the dynamics of how many parents I saw that were so stressed out that was so like they're they're long they didn't even live along because their adult children stressed them out, bullied them, intimidated them, tried to um, mm-hmm. because they had child trauma. That's not cool. That is so not cool. So those are some of the things that I want to talk to the parents about, and also the adult child to hear their perspective of where that entitlement mentality is coming from. Because I had a conversation with my son yesterday, and I told him when he was a kid, when he had dropped out of high school, I took all of his report cards, even from the kindergarten, and I put them on a table, and I said, this is your life. All this stuff you see here, I went to college and got. This mortgage, this house, I'm paying for it. It's not yours. It's mine. And even today, he struggles with that. Because I had changed the locks on my door after he told me, I'm leaving, I'm on my way to Louisiana, he's breaking all the house rules, he won't stop drinking. I'm like, I'm not living like that. So when he told me he was going to Louisiana, he was on the bus, I changed and the locks changed. Because it's like, what am I supposed to do? Then he boomeranged right back and blamed everything on me. So then I looked into resources, tried to get him some help. And all he had to do today was show up to get a step yep. for a 10-day detox for alcohol. 
That's the I'm wow. gonna go meet off you. You ain't got no job. You know you don't want to pay rent. You can't help nobody. Don't want to help themselves. And as soon as me and my significant other went to go to the casino last night, he drunk his beer. How you want to get clean? <laughs> you ain't trying to be. So parents gotta know when to cut the cord and not feel guilty. You know, people say, well, I don't want my child to die. I don't want nothing to happen. You're not going to prevent anything from happening by having them under your roof if you know they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So I when I leave Oceanside today, if you ain't got yourself together, you're going to be right back laying where you was laying the past five days. That ain't none of my business. So when we start talking about grow up, immature children, ungrateful adult children, and disrespectful adult children. Some parents are left holding a bag like, what am I supposed to do with this? How do we even get here? Now, I want you guys to know that there are ways to where parents can have a healthy adult-child relationship. Well, I see you watching. I want to call you to hear. If you got anything you want to say, please type it, or I can bring you on a Facebook Live so you can join in on this show as we're talking about that. Because the question is, how do you deal with an entitled adult child? And I want to say this, first-time caller. I noticed that families deal with their males a little differently than the way they deal with their females. And I don't really don't know what it's about because I have both, a male and a female. But it's something about when you have a male adult child versus a female adult child, or whether you're dealing with mental health issues, or whether you're dealing with substance abuse issues, how do you know when it's time to either get them some help and if, and what, and if they're denying the help? Because some parents don't realize that sometimes the adult child will just turn on you, don't want to have nothing to do with you, or you can lay it all out there and it will still resist it. So what is your take on that first-time caller? Because like you said, it sounds like you have two healthy adult children, and, and that is great. That is great. Well, but do you have mm-hmm. – Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, do you have any nieces, nephews, do people come to you for advice to try to get you to help them when they're struggling with things like this? Because sometimes parents can be so ashamed. That's why they have things like EAP, which is Employee Assistance Programs, at People's Employment to help them to connect with the professional, to help them with family counseling. Because family counseling is not cheap. So, but there is help available. So what would you want the callers to know as it relates to these types of um, issues that individuals are having with their adult child and entitlement issues? Because my niece is watching. Let me me say this, Connor. My niece is watching, and I'm very very proud of my niece because she she made sure she wasn't going to be one of them. So I got to throw that out there, right. Rara. Good job. Okay, caller. Well, okay. Uh, I was a teacher for 38 years, so I was in the public school systems, actually in Cali. I'm no longer in Cali. Um, and I tell you, I think I taught elementary school and then I taught high school. And what I was told when I went to, you know, because they send you all these workshops, I went to hear a speaker once, and the speaker said that, if parents do not have good control of their children by the time they are 10, then they have lost them. 
And I'll be very honest with you. I think that in raising my two children and in being in the educational system, I tend to actually agree with that. I think my daughter actually started to act out. And, uh, yeah, it was about 10 years old when, you know, I had to, uh, you know, kind of do the real tough parenting. I mean, she failed. She failed uh whatever, social studies or got a D or something and forged my signature. So I didn't know till I went to the parent-teacher conference. And I'm looking at the teacher and I go, well, she says, well, you signed this paper. And I looked at the paper. I said, does that look like an adult signature to you? You know, and I just kind of looked at teachers. I didn't know she had a D. So, you know, so the teacher says, well, just let her fail. And I said, no, there is no such thing as failure in my house. And I made my daughter study and I said, you're going to get this D up to an A, which I knew it was an impossible request. But I'll tell you uh-huh. something. My kid every day did her homework, worked on her social studies, worked on it. She ended up earning a B at the semester. And she told me, Mom, that was the hardest I ever worked to get a B. But what that did was I didn't allow my child to fail. And I did it against everybody's, like, advice. And now as an adult, she's, I mean, she's, she kind of made some – had some hiccups in, in, in college, but the first thing she told me is, Mom, I screwed up in this class, but I have a plan, Mom. Here's how I'm going to fix it. And I think that that's what we're getting away from. I think parents have now gotten so busy in their lives, and they've just kind of expected the schools to take over and fix the problem, and the schools can't take over and fix the problem. It begins at home. We had dinners together. We didn't watch TV. We had dinner in our breakfast nook, you know, at a, and we had dinner together as a family, and we talked about their day, and we were involved in our children's lives. I unfortunately lost my husband suddenly a year and four months ago, so I'm now a widow on top of all these other things that are going on. And so, um, you know, I remember he was very involved. He coached them when they were, you know, uh, in their younger years, soccer, little league, uh, basketball. So we were in our kids' lives in a positive way. And I think we're losing a lot of that as a society. And I think, too, that I don't know where this entitlement came from. I think a lot of it has come from, you know, the recent things that have been happening. Um, And kids just, they just learned that entitlement. They all think they, they, they deserve a good grade. They all just, it, I don't know where it came from, but it's a horrible thing. So and if you don't have a soft. don't know where it came from. A lot of us are struggling with where did that come from. My mother yeah. used to kick up my house at the age of 10 and would call the family members and say, don't let them in your house. And my mother had girls. But, and that taught huh. me it my own. Now, I hear what you're saying and, like, the, the sports and being involved and being supportive. And I watch my daughter with my grandson, and she's very involved making the sacrifices of getting up early in the morning, you know, doing karate practices, basketball practices, baseball stuff. And, you know, right. and, and there are a lot of parents that have done all of these things, and it doesn't mean that their child did not fail to launch later on because they thought the parents would go keep doing it or they thought their parents weren't going to go uh-huh. nowhere. And many individuals have lost their parents, and they also use that as an excuse as an adult. Right. I remember my son. When my son was getting F's in school, and I was working for the school district, and I'm taking uh-huh. homework, I'm he was doing the work but wasn't turning the work in. 
And I'm getting these phone calls from teachers, and it was so frustrating and was embarrassing, but I did not become embarrassed because I gave him his stuff back. And it's like my daughter was sharing with me how the school told her how involved she is and how they appreciate the fact that she's involved because a lot of times the teachers get frustrated because it seems like they're on their own, and if the parents don't know, sometimes the kids don't know. My mother used to say, behind a bad kid sometimes is a bad parent. And it's not that the parent is bad. Sometimes we lack resources. Sometimes we just don't know what to do. Our hands feel like we're, they're tied. And as they get older, the kids become more threatening. And I remember telling my son one time, he was going, he was in high school, and my son got all ill and was, had a pleasure mm. to have in, in, in um, school with his citizenship grades. I said, if you're going to be dumb, you might as well be bad. How are you going to go to school every day and get an F in a pleasure to have a class? What you doing? So well, then it went F you. I told my son, if you go be an F student, I'm going to be an F parent. So hmm. it wasn't that I put him out or did it. I still did my, my best to make sure he signed up for Miracosta College. I still tried to keep him involved in things. He made decisions that now right. he wants me to be responsible for his decisions. Nope, I'm not. You can't, and you can't do he, that. can't do that. Even this morning. And, Miss Gay, this is Mr. R. Mm-hmm. I'm going to chime in on this because your last show was about decision-making and the consequences, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, and that's the thing. Decisions come with consequences. Now, I had said I was not going to do the legwork for my son. I said I wasn't going to do that. So when he kept calling and calling, and then the my significant other was like, well, give him another chance. I don't want to see him homeless. I don't want to. No, not if you choose to be homeless, because you'll mess around and make me homeless. And when my phone rung at 7 o'clock this morning with a guy calling me, telling me, Jeanette, I'm sick, I'm ill, I didn't want to return any phone calls, but this is what you can do, drop him off, have him in his 10-day detox program, and, and they have a homeless outreach. and they do. My son, that's all he's going to go meet his boss, No, he ain't got no job. So, no, mm-mm. Because here's the information, here's the work, I can't do it for you. And that's where a lot of parents struggle. So when we talk about how do you deal with an entitled adult, when do you let them go? And when we start talking about the spoiled adult children, because there's a lot of spoiled adult children that when they become adults, they feel their parents owe them, they try to punish their parents. I saw something, and it said, Dear adult children, your parents don't owe you anything. I was like, wow. <laughs> they don't owe you nothing. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about how to change the entitled behavior attitudes in adults. And this is one of the things that I found out. When we talk about how did they become that way, sometimes it's the environment that they grew up in. If they grew up in an environment where they saw or they thought that their parents didn't struggle, my daughter told me one time, Mom, I saw what you went through. Mom, I saw how you were doing these things. Rather, I said, I think there should be more emphasis on what 
role the person intends to play in the world. When I was growing up, I was da, 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 I'm trying to see what Rabbi got to say. I can't even click on this. Oh, Rabbi said, when I was growing up, I was constantly asked and challenged to think about the profession I would go into, which caused me to think and assess my interests. I think there were there were things go wrong, and with what something if the parent does encourage their child's resiliency, that the world challenges on. Once we get to college and we on our own, you know, Rabbi, that's true. You find that sometimes the parents may not have went to college. It was like what the first caller said, is that sometimes parents depend on the school system to raise their children and to educate their children because that was a way of, that was the attitude that a lot of individuals had, especially in the South. You know, we're sending you to school. We emphasize in education. My mother told me with an education you can have and be whatever you want in this world. But that wasn't true because I became an educated threat. It made me resilient. It made me to believe that I can do certain things, but then family was holding me back. Society was holding me back. I had to deal with other different things, but I couldn't use it as a crutch or feel that I was entitled to something. I had to learn some things, experience some things, and sometimes people are operating in fear. Now, I'm not saying that the adult child in the home is a bad person. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is sometimes there's a lack of resources, there's lack of information, there's pride, there's shame, there's guilt, there's mental health issues, there's addiction, we got abuse, we got childhood trauma, we got a lot of reasons why these things are occurring and we need to do better. You know, I, I was reading what my niece wrote, and with the with my niece, I mean, like I said, when she first bought her first home, I was ecstatic. Like, you go, girl. You know, because a right. lot of families don't know how to give that support. Because some people dealing with jealousy, with envy, because they don't want you to have these things. And sometimes your adult child will destroy things. I've seen parents lose their home. I've seen parents stress out, have heart attacks, die of premature death over stressing out over their adult children. Hell no, I'm not doing that. So, people may think Jeanette's just cruel, Jeanette's just cold. No. So for those out there that my son may be telling, my mama put me out, my mama changed the locks on the door. He didn't tell the son <laughs> that he told me he was on his way to Louisiana. And I saw him on a bus. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? You know, he ain't telling the whole story or telling the story of how he said he got a job and he ain't got no job and how he refused to pay rent weekly. So I tell adult parents, when you have a child at home, give them responsibility. Some people will say, well, I don't want them to pay no rent. I want them to save money. I told my son, if I drop dead today, you'll lose everything I got because you don't know how to maintain it. If you don't want to mm-hmm. pay rent and you're 37, when are you supposed to learn how to pay rent for it? You got grown kids. So they got to learn these things. We got to learn. We got to teach them and let them know, if you are short, I got you. But at least try. Don't expect for me to do what you're not willing to do yourself. Auntie, I see you on there, and yes, I did try to call you, but the phone kept ringing, ringing, ringing. 
So, again, the environment that they grew up in is one thing. Another thing is the way their parents treated them. That plays a big role. Sometimes as parents, we try to give our kids what we felt we didn't have, or we try to overcompensate if we're a single parent or, you know, the, the way the household is ran. That plays a lot in entitlement, too. And, you know, and the crazy thing is you've got some adult children waiting on their parents to die because they think they can inherit stuff and not realizing that they lose it because they don't know nothing about property taxes. They don't know nothing about inheritance taxes. They don't know nothing about none of that stuff. But they think it all oh, is going to be mine one day. And the parents may have told them that or may have shared with them, but, but that's another thing. Another thing that I found was whether adults solve their children's problem. If every time your child needed help and you gave them an answer and didn't come up with, like I, I like what you said, um, Carla, earlier, a plan. I sat down with my son yesterday, and I looked at him, and I said, what is your plan? What do you plan on doing? Mm-hmm. Because if yep. you don't have a plan, that's going to be a problem. I can't give you a plan because that would be my plan for you. I shared that I was disappointed. I shared that, no, I didn't ask you to be sleeping on the streets like that. But if you got a job, you could have went and got you a hotel room with a kitchenette, get on your feet, handle your business, do what you're supposed to do. So whether parents solve all their children's problems, there are still helicopter parents of adult children. And oh, yeah. my one was how you were treated by authority figures. Now, again, if you lived in a home, how the authority figures treated the child plays a role, too. Like I said, my son was 22 years old when my mother passed. I looked at my son like, your good thing has come to an end. I'm not doing all of that. I, I refuse to. And 15 years later, I'm still watching him burn bridges, lie, drink, take. My daughter called it narcissistic, (laughs) just selfishness. You know, so there's a lot of different things, and it is so frustrating. It is so frustrating. So, Roger, what would you? What do you have yes. to add to this? Because I know Ms. you talk Jane, to a lot of people. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say once faith. again, read the Bible, follow the rules. Mm-hmm. Because the Lord always says, repent and compassion. Right? Mm-hmm. That's all well, I have you to say. Have, and you know, my 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 friend B is on. I think she's on the line. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, adult, I don't have any children. I do have a fur baby, and he's a little sh- S-H-I-T. I uh-huh. said that word. Um, and so I kind of understand what parents deal with. Well, he's not little. He's 110 pounds. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But you know, you know, Roger. He's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And, and they are. <laughs> you know, Roger, it's interesting when you talk about animals. 
and we have this animal instinct, animals will survive. They're going to survive. You know, I can um, put this, equate this to my daughter dealing with these puppies and dogs that we've been dealing with and survival skills. Sometimes we don't teach our children survival skills. You know, there are children that are raised in the foster care system, and statistics is not in their favor. But some make it. They make it. And they have gone on to do great things. There are children, my two kids were raised in the same home, same home with a single parent. Now, I'm not going to say I did it all by myself because I didn't. I had my sisters. I had family members. I had male friends. I had husbands. I had a lot of people to pour into my children. And it wasn't that it was a lot of favoritism, but when we get, we have the ability to make choices and critical thinking. Some people just don't want nothing and don't want nobody else to have anything either. And that definitely can be a problem. Now, when I'm looking at, I'm looking at this article, and it is in um, Empowering Parents. That's a good blog to read. So if there's parents out there that are struggling with how to do something, log on to their website. And it indicates and it talks about failure to launch, how adult children work the parent system. So they will get on your last nerve. Now, it says, if you, like many parents, have an adult child living in a home with you, you're not alone. There's an epidemic of young adults in our society who are struggling to get off the ground. And many families, this works out fine, meaning some parents don't care. Some parents don't want their child to leave. Some parents don't, mm-mm, I can't get to the cleanup. You don't want to water the grass. You, you, you know, oh, now he's watching. You know, I, you know, you can't get them to do certain things because they want to say they grown. They want to sneak people in your house, eat up all your food, don't want to buy no food, don't even know how to shop. It took my daughter bringing to my attention that my son don't even, may not even know how to do these things. And I'm like, at 37, you should not do this. But some people really don't know how. But even if you're willing to teach them, if they don't want to learn and don't want to know, then you get about it. And it indicates, it talks about the adult child is responsible and contributes to the household while they set themselves up to live independently. But if your adult child has moved, basically, or never left, and expects you to take care of their needs, you're probably starting to feel some resentment and frustration. And that's what happens. And I don't mean just the parents have resentment. The adult child has resentment too. Not only is the parent frustrated, the adult child is frustrated too. And is trying to deal with this in a healthy way. Now, it says today's parents expect their children to fulfill their emotional needs. So sometimes the parents want the children there because, you know, they don't want the emptiness syndrome. They don't want nothing to happen. You can't protect your child from what God is already, what's going to happen. You can't. When we start talking about how do we get to this point where these things are happening, because our society has changed. Our, our world has changed. You know, we got kids graduating college. Move back home. You ain't supposed to move back home when you graduate college. That only makes sense to me. But it's happening. I understand that with COVID, some individuals have lost their jobs. Some people have failed on, you know, hard times. I get all of that. So when we start talking about these things, it says, so how does this happen in today's world? Children are usually born 
out of emotional wants or needs, and many couples want to share the bond of having a child and the joy of becoming a family. Sometimes, caller, and I know you said you worked in the school system, you have your kids that you're proud of, you have your kids that you see struggling. Sometimes the kids may come back later and want to thank you for pointing to their lives, or you may have been an impression on them. What has been some of your experience? Because, like I said, I used to be a school dri- a bus driver, and I used to run into some of the children that I have either coached or that I have either um, rode my school bus. Now as a therapist, I'm noticing some of the kids that I may have had in therapy or their parents in therapy, they come back later. But do you see or do you think it's getting better with resources, skills? What is your take on that today? Well, when I started teaching, you know, I had the privilege of working with a lot of um, honors and college-bound students. And so the success stories, I mean, you know, when I first started were pretty pretty amazing. Um, I have, I still have contact with one of my former students. um, And, you know, she's a mom of four, very successful. We kept in contact. I, my husband, I, late husband, I helped her out. Um, when her parents couldn't, but that was back in the day. And, you know, I, I had, I've had really some great students, but I think it's really difficult because my last five years of teaching, I really saw a huge change. And I don't know if it was a societal shift. Um, I don't know what happened, but I saw a lot of the, entitlement come out and um, I just didn't see yeah there were still some great kids I mean there's always those great kids that are driven that are going to go to college be successful but I think what what we worry about is those kids that just don't have a direction and Mm -hmm. um, I think schools change their focus Um, the Mm -hmm. school district that I worked for unfortunately, um, you know, had in their mission statement that every kid is going to go to some post-high school uh, form of education, which is the biggest falsity, I think, because there are so many different types of intelligences that we possess. My plumber is an amazing person, highly intelligent, highly My mechanic, I mean, they go to a four-year-old and get a master's degree like I did or a Ph.D. like some of my colleagues. The point is, you know, college isn't for everybody, and I think when schools start shifting and forcing all these kids to take college prep classes and not, you know, uh, classes that they have a lot of interest in, um, I think, you know, we lose our kids. I think kids start losing interest, and they start failing, and they start failing themselves. And I just, I just saw a shift, and I don't know where the entitlement came from. My kids were not ever – my kids did not feel entitled, although I do have to tell you that my, my adult son, when he was living with us, he was in his 20s, he refused to pay rent. He did a lot of chores, helped out around the house, because he didn't feel that he had to pay rent in the house he grew up with. So grew up in. So, okay, you know, we came to, ah. we came to some arrangement. Okay. Um, but I think a lot of what happens is these kids, they just, I don't know whether it's, I think a lot of it has to do with Facebook, Instagram, you know, they're just, they're just parroting and, you know, 
imitating what all these, whatever they are, these crazy influencers are. I think social media has completely destroyed our kids. That's where I think, because I can say. I got a question for you. I I got a question for you, because I had to share this with my son. And it's interesting. You said your son did not feel he should pay rent in a home he grew up in. When my son was talking about, I'm sitting in the bushes, I'm homeless, you da 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 I'm sitting there writing, and I'm paying through Zelle $3,800 for two mortgages. Two mortgages I got. Uh-huh. $2,500 on one mortgage of a house that I bought in 1998, and a $1,500 mortgage on the house that my my mom, you know, I mean, my thing is, no, I pay 13 I pay 15 this time, I pay 13 25 and 1300 Now, I pay $800, and you ain't supposed to pay nothing. And that ain't oh, yeah. the water on, the lights on, the gas on, the cable on. Yep. How, why yep. I got to pay $3,800, and you don't have to pay nothing, but you come and go as you do. Yep. I don't pay, the bank is going to foreclose. And that home will be gone. See, that's the thing that I don't know. And, I mean, and I used to sit my kids down and try to teach them things, share things. I don't know where they, yeah. missed, where they missed it. Because even if your house is paid for, we used to pay three times the amount of the house after a 30-year loan. Now we're paying way more than that the way they got the numbers going. So sure. it's okay for the parents to pay it. Now, here I am, 56 years old. I want another house. But why should I go pay $5,000 mortgage and to be having somebody breaking in through my window or sleeping outside my doorstep trying to make me feel guilty because I've worked mm-hmm. all my life for what I wanted? That but is I think me. Here's Mr. But R I- chiming in again. Um. Miss J and Miss B, you both look fabulous, number one, and you don't look your age, so you're doing good, okay? Right, let everybody trust me out. <laughs> Thank you, Miss R. But, okay, okay, Miss okay. R, you just lost your father. You lost your father. You were going through some things. Did you have the entitlement? Did you see entitlement? Did you... People feel that somebody owed them something. I mean, when when you yes. college, yeah, I, I did. My my grandma, my grandma spoiled me. I graduated from uh, a high school in where I live, um, mm-hmm. and she ordered an airplane to fly over the stadium, which Miss mm-hmm. B knows exactly where it is. Yep. In F town, and the airplane followed me all the way to my house in YL. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was I felt entitled at that point, but then I just want to teach and help the viewers and listeners that when you get older, you realize that you're not entitled. You have to work. You have to make the money. You have to save the money. You have to 
save into your retirement. Well, they don't think like us. They don't. And they don't understand. They just want to spend money. They just want to, like, go party and TikTok and whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. No, we we were taught differently. We were taught differently. When my mom was pregnant with me, she was telling me I was going to go to college. I don't remember a time when I was growing up where my mom wasn't telling me or my dad, you need to go to college. And we were not a rich family. I had to fund my own scholarship and get, you know, I wanted to go to USC. That's where I'm going to go. Fine. You better find a way to pay for that school or whatever school you want to go to. And I did. I worked hard and I was fortunate. But I also had counselors who were very, I had one amazing counselor who pushed me and, you know, and she was very helpful to me. But I think our our whole focus of how we deal with kids and I, it's all changed. I, I, you know, and just, I don't know. I don't know where it all went south, but it went south. And it went <laughs> south quick. You know, it's so. funny, Ms. that you said that. I was checking my email the other day. I graduated over 20 years ago. I still got student loans. I'm like, let me hurry up and pay these student loans off. Ain't nobody paying uh-huh. for this stuff before. I got to pay for it. But this is the thing that I'm looking yeah. at. Or kids know how to push our emotional buttons. Absolutely. Is I will show you. My son sent me a text message saying, if I kill somebody or get killed, that karma is on you. I looked at that text message and said, basically, if you kill somebody, you're going to prison, that's going to be on you. I ain't going to be in there, and I ain't putting no money in your book. And if you get killed, you get buried, and make sure you let your oldest child know what your plans are. Because you got a child. But basically. you know what the best part is, Jay, is that God will judge you in the end. You know what? And that's bottom line. Bottom line. I am so not worried about that because if you got the ability, you got the, you felt entitled to tell me if you kill somebody or get killed, that's going to be on me. Baby, that ain't on me. That's between you and God. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Yeah. So that's part of that emotional button. You're hurt, well, you're wounded, you want to feel your pain. Now, here I turned around to try to make sure you had a place to go get some help, but you go, you'd rather go pay for what you want. You'll pay for your alcohol. You got women coming in and mm-hmm. out of my house. I got cameras in my house. You putting bags over my cameras. You lying, telling people that this is your house. These are your cars. No, get your own. Get your own. Right. So we talk about these emotional buttons. As parents, we got to make sure we deactivate those buttons so they don't know which button to push. Because as a well, child grows, parents start to develop emotional buttons, and when push, these buttons tend to move us in a caretaking mode. These vulnerabilities aren't right or wrong. They're just emotions that we tend to feel strongly regarding our child. So those are those buttons, but we got to be aware of that. When my son said well, that to me in that case, I didn't really know that. Well, I have a. I know that I was talking with one of my administrators. This was within the last, you know, five years of when I before I retired, and he was telling me that he had a student in his office with the parent, and the kid had done something pretty bad. I mean, I don't know if it was. uh, He didn't tell me what it was, but the mom was sitting there, and he was telling the kid all the consequences of, you know, the actions, and the kid turned to his mother and said, 
you need to fix this and you need to fix this now. I mean, so talk about the attitude of this child who's gotten in trouble and looking at the mom saying, you need to get me out of this. It's exactly what you're saying. That's, that's horrible. I mean, you know, the kid expects mom to fix it, like you said, and move on. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was talking to, I was, talk, I was talking about my son, but I was talking to the mother of one of my son's children, who I think she's 13. It's going to be a problem. I know this could be a problem. I knew it was going to be a problem at birth. But she told me that the young lady, she hit the young lady in the mouth because she was talking back or whatever. And my grandbaby hit her back. My eyes got the twitching in my head. She was like, she did what? Now, oh. ain't no way I'm going to sit there and let my, I don't know what to do. She hit me back. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But see, that's what a disrespect. That's where the, you cannot be your child's friend. You cannot have your child. Right. Again. I remember when I was a grown, and I've said it before, and this woman, I used to love her family. I still love her family to this day, the Emanuels. My mother always would say, I don't even know how my mother knew, but Miss Emanuel told them kids, her adult kids, if y'all bring one more baby up in this house, you guys got to go. That was the first woman mm-hmm. I've ever known to restrain an order against her kids. She was wow. like, y'all ain't, she got a restraining order to get them kids out of her house. She was not playing. And I feel the same. I'm not, no, no. You know, I, I'm, and, and as a therapist, I work with individuals from all walks of life. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying young adults down because I know young adults go through some things, and your parents are not your ATM. Like when my son was telling me, Mom, I want to go back to Arizona. He expected for me to pay for his ticket as well as pay for his one week every home. But yet you don't want to even want to pay $150 a week rent and you was making $25 an hour? Why mm-hmm. should I? So yeah, and Miss J saved adults. my life since 2020. Adult children got to realize your parents are not your ATM machine. If you <laughs> don't make an investment, how the heck do you expect to get a withdrawal? So going back to Miss um, B, what you said with your son saying, why should I have to pay rent in a house that I grew up in? They don't realize that they're making an investment, that what they're doing is when you get ready to move, that money may come back to you as a down payment on a, a house, on a car. Mm-hmm. On your, my son didn't realize the money that he was paying for rent goes towards his kids. That goes towards mm-hmm. what my grandparents say, Granny, I need a computer, and it's $1,000. Or, Granny, I need this. And he don't realize because you're not doing it. I'm not going to let my grandchild feel like nobody is there to support them. They don't mm-hmm. get it. That's where that entitlement can go all bad. They don't get it. Go tell me, I would never put my child out on the street. Your kid's dead in the street. <laughs> and I've been the one picking up the pieces. So well, that entitlement yeah. really... It, 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 it needs to stop. They, it really, and like I said, and I feel parents, because growing up in Compton, I've seen parents die. I've seen their adult children lose everything they owned, everything. And mm-hmm. it is so sad. And I'm not saying that you can take things to the bank with you. Like my son going to tell me, well, Mom, they said you were money hungry. My, how am I money hungry as hard as I work or what I got to do? So, Miss J, like said, um, back in the day, um, what did what did we call them? 
uh, in like the 90s, a brat? <laughs> yes, we did. Call him a brat. They're spoiled. <laughs> spoiled. And anything spoiled and rotten needs to go. It got to go. It got to go. And, you know, and, I, and like I said, I um, work with children. I work with adult children. And I'm looking at something. It says the spoiled adult children epi- epidemic hasn't affected you. And it has affected a lot of individuals. It really has. And parents are taking care of their adult children. You know, their career could have went away or, you know, no matter what it is. And like I said, and it doesn't mean that the parents don't want to help, but let me see what you go do. What's your plan? Let's talk about this. I told my son the other day, I said, look, if I got to pay for your ticket and your first week, I want my money back because you ain't paid no money to me. You haven't made no investment. How? It says when parents push money in your face, and I'm not saying that it's always healthy because sometimes parents can also set their adult child up for failure. That has happened too. So if you are a parent that is setting your child up for failure, don't do that. I remember my daughter gave me an article one time, and it says uh, it says something about when helping your child is hurting your child. I had to read that article because I wanted to make sure it wasn't something that I was doing because sometimes you can make things too easy for your child or, like my son said, he got too comfortable. How are you so comfortable you don't see the floor needs to be swept, this needs to be done, but everything falls on me. So when we start talking about making things too easy, you want to make sure you have that balance. Now, it says, why help should basically come from your parents should be the last resort. Let me see what you go do. What's your plan first? So, Ms. B, what do you have to say in regards to that? When a child should already come up with a plan, go to their parents, say, you know, this is what I'm thinking about, this is what I want to do. Parents will be there to support them unless you got a dream killer. If you got a negative parent in your life, that then you know you got to go get help someplace else. That don't mean you stop your dream. But we got to balance that out. What do you have to say in regards to that? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, my kids both were taught, you know, you got to make a plan. And uh, like when, even with my daughter, you know, and she even now, I mean, she's she's not doing something I'm – she's kind of doing something I'm not real um, on board with. But, you know, she's going to be 32. So, you know, I got to – you know, I have to kind of – back off but the point is is my kids were always taught okay so we screwed up here or so we have a setback here you know let's let's make a plan to get out of this and you know and if it like my daughter ran up a credit card bill so my late husband and I sat down you know first time she got a credit card and you know um, she got herself in some trouble and luckily we had the means to have to make the decision of do we help bail her out as a one-time thing, or do we have her ruin her credit at 20-something? So we had a lot of, um, you know, fiduciary um, experiences, and so we decided collectively we're going to sit her down, and we talked to her, and we set up a plan and said, we're going to bail you out one time. This is a one-time gift from us to you, and we explained to her. And we helped her one time. We co-signed loans for our kids to have cars and help them with car payments and down payment. They were fine. They were financially. But that's what we did. We had a plan. Did we ever bail her out again? No. Did she maybe get into some financial stuff? 
I don't know, but she knew that this was a one-time thing. And I think that's what you can do. If you're, if, you know, you can help your kids make a plan. You can give them direction. And then, you know, you've got to figure, hey, I taught them. I bailed them out. You know, they have to take it from here. That's what free will is. You know, after a while, your kids have free will. And the law is on your side. Once your kid turns 21, they're completely 100% responsible for everything. 18 is a little gray area, but 21, you know, I mean, yeah, I don't want my kid on, like if my kid lost her job, let's say her trip to Colorado with this guy doesn't work out, and she calls me and says, Mom, you know, I have no place to go, you know, I don't have a job, can I come back? I'll say, yeah, you can come back, but we're going to sit down and we say, okay, these are, the, these are the parameters. This is the plan that we're going to put in, into place to get you back to having your own apartment or back, you know. So, you know, I don't mind helping my kid, but there's got to be a plan and there's got to be a cutoff. they got to know, they have to know from the get-go, this is what my limitation is with your situation. And um, that's, that's how I approach it. And my daughter will tell you, because I made her sit there and earn back that grade, I didn't let her fail, I taught her that she has to have a plan. That there's always a way like to figure it out. I like so that's, that's where I. I got an adult yeah. daughter that tell me in a heartbeat, figure it out, figure it out. You know, and I like that. Uh-huh. That is a point. Meaning, I'm not setting you up. I'm not turning my back on you. Even though I was disappointed in my son and his behavior and him mm-hmm. disrespecting my home, and I'm watching him run right. outside my house with a woman in my house and drinking and all of that, uh-huh. and I ain't going to tell that part of the story. I still sat down with him yesterday to say, what is your plan? What exactly. do you plan on doing? And I still this morning said, hey, these people can help you through the week, the intake. They can, hey, I can't do the plan for you. I'm not an alcoholic. I can't do it. So I like that. And then, therefore, you relinquish yourself of any guilt. I remember when my son got his first credit card. He had a $2,000 limit, and I know within a month before the first bill was due, he had a $2,000 bill where this sucker went and spent sure. $2,000 on shoes and wrote on the envelope <laughs> F-bill. I'm like, are you kidding me? He didn't uh-huh. care nothing about the car note. He don't care nothing. He don't care nothing about none of that. None <laughs> of that. So my thing, if you don't care, you making a choice live a lifestyle mm-hmm. that is not conducive with my mm-hmm. lifestyle. I don't live like that. I, don't, I can't do homeless. That I cannot do. Now, overcoming a sense of entitlement, the golden rule, practice treating others as you would like to be treated. Recognize there you go. not all situations are unfair. If you're in a situation you think it's unfair, pause for a minute and respect. Respect what you got and respect who's helping you. Don't take people in situations for granted. And learn mm-hmm. from your mistakes. My son sat here clear as day yesterday. Mom, I haven't had nothing to drink. Mom, I'm going to stop drinking. And as soon as we left the house, there was a beer in the refrigerator in the garage. That sucker went and drunk the beer and act like he didn't do it. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, and I'm looking at how do you stop entitled behaviors in adults? Like I said. Use wishful fulfillment to set limits. You've got to set limits and boundaries. 
you also got to basically treat everyone equally. And equally is not always fair, it's not always just. Something for one child don't mean you got to do something for the other child because the children will say, well, you treat so-and-so differently or you da-da-da-da-da or you don't like me. Or, no, it ain't that I don't like you. I don't like what you're doing. You can feel a little mm-hmm. compassion. Jay, I have okay, to let me Compassion. Be inclusive even if the person feels entitled. And remember, there's only so much you can do. Only so much you can do. Mr. R, what you have to say? Exactly. The golden rule. The golden rule. Do unto others as you would want unto you. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love it. And it mm-hmm. it is it's very important. Yeah. Because like I said, my son tried to tell me, Mom, there's no way I would do that to my kid. Do you even know what your kid ate last night? Do you even realize you got a child that's going to be 19 years old, all the birthdays, graduations, stuff you missed? Do you even, and you going to throw it up in my face? Now, here's some information, and it says, signs that the person is acting entitled. They think that they're better than other people or that you owe them something. They hold double standards from themselves, for themselves and others. They have a hard time playing fairly because fairness implies equality. They have a tendency to manipulate and control others, and they blame other people for their, be, for their mistakes. Sometimes we got to get to a point in life where we got to look in the mirror, and if you don't like what you see in the mirror, do something about it. If your parents cannot give you what you feel you deserve, go get it for yourself. I see you, Stephen Usher, up sure that you've been sober for six years. Congratulations. I commend you for that. You you know yes. what. Yes. But the thing is, sometimes people cannot give what they do not have, and they cannot teach what they do not know. I knew my parents didn't know no better. I knew that as a young age, at a young age. So I had to strive to try to find my way. I was looking at some of the books that I had co-authored in, and I had came up with a topic one time, God, Motivation, and Determination, There Are No Limits. I found an email 20 years before that my mother had wrote me, and we were going back and forth with some things that she said. I never let that stop me from becoming the woman that God designed me to be. So even if you are struggling with addictions, even if you are, you don't have a job, there are so many places with help wanted signs right about now. It's ridiculous where people are yeah. looking to hire someone. When we talk about having a degree, college is not for everybody. It's not. But you can go to trade school. you got people making money by investing with bitcoins, with stocks and bonds or something. Find mm-hmm. your passion and find your purpose. Because your purpose may be what's going to make you successful. You know, I tell individuals, they used to be counting my money based on the fact that I have two businesses and I got how I got. They, they don't know what I have to go through in order to keep and maintain these things. But then there's through that, that mm-hmm. entitlement. Like you owe somebody mm-hmm. something. That somebody told him, you should never be without money. Your niece got da 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 da. He has to let them know that's my niece's stuff. She don't owe me nothing because I don't. I really don't. But I don't mind helping individuals if you need my help. 
but I'm not going to enable you. I ain't going to do for you what I know you can do for yourself. So I know I had a lot to say today because these shows also be therapeutic for me to help me be able to go through some of the things that life throws on us. So like I said, if you are a parent out there, continue to play, provide information. If they don't want to hear it, stop talking. Mm-hmm. Let it go. Let them find their way. But do not live in guilt, shame, or embarrassment. You do not have to be ashamed of what your kids are doing, but you cannot enable them. Mr. R., anything you want the listeners to know before we end the show today? I am just in love with this show. I have to applause right now. I wish I could clap. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have actual, real, human, adult children that upset them, and they don't need that pressure. They don't need that stress. And what you just said was amazing, and it really helps other people. And what you've done helps a lot of people. And thank you for what you do. Thank you, Mrs. B. Anything you want to let the listeners know before we end the show today? This is great. I'm glad I'm a first-time caller, first-time listener. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is very uh, I really yeah, appreciate really your good. input because, you know, I, I, I have a platform, and this show is heard in several different languages in several different countries. I'm not good with social media, putting stuff out there. Sometimes I wait to the last minute to put the information out there. And I try to talk about things that individuals are going through. And I want to say this. Like I said, help is available. Resources are available. I sent my son resources. It may not, because support can come in a lot of different ways. Then the mm-hmm. only thing I sent him resources, I made a few phone calls, and people call me back because they know me. And hmm. they gave me information that I gave him. If he don't want it, yep. I don't know about it. Because my what's, life is you know, what's that old saying? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't right. make a drink. I mean, if, if that's it. But I, you yep. go, I tell people, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. I'll tell you, I'll make you thirsty as hell. And then I heard it be said, mm-hmm. don't get mad at me and tell me to stop drinking after I start drinking the water. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But we feel yeah. in many cases that it's our fault. It's not your fault. And I also tell parents, if you have a wayward child out there, a child that you know is in trouble, get you some insurance. But I tell parents the last thing you want is for your child to get killed out there in the streets and you can't afford to bury them or you got to have a GoFundMe to make sure the children. No. My son goes, Mom, they told me don't die. Don't do because all you're waiting to do is cash it. Please. Really? Really? No, what will happen is if you died out there in the streets and I can't afford to bury your butt somewhere, but you've got a child that's an adult. That's mm-hmm. your child's responsibility. There you so go. We gotta yep. Thinking. We got to stop that ghetto mentality. We got to mature. Mm-hmm. Really don't come with age. And we don't want to compare and contrast because, like I said, age, stage, development. What are you capable of doing? 
Where are you in life? Mm-hmm. Like I said today, until you get sober, your relationships are going to be in trouble, your employment is going to be in trouble, your mental health is going to be in trouble. You've got to yeah. start somewhere. Your rock bottom you've had before. It ain't like you ain't never been homeless before. It ain't like you ain't never. But I don't want to be around it. I do not want to be around it, nor am I going to babysit it. Parents, make that call. Call 211. There's help for addiction. There's help for homelessness. There's resources. There's programs. There's sober living homes. But if your adult child don't want it, don't let them kill you. Because their yeah. life will go and yours will end. Not worth it. And if you are that adult child, your parents don't owe you nothing. Get yours. <laughs> Do it. Your parents want to come visit you. Your parents want to be proud of you. There are several parents that are disappointed. Their children, it's like their children that were disappointed in their parents. Reconcile those relationships and develop healthy relationships. Now, tomorrow I'm going to talk about, because Tuesdays is normally when I do the show, From the Pulpit to the Couch. And I've been listening to that that song, Lord Deliver Me, because all I seem to do is hurt me. Many people need to be delivered from themselves because they stand in their own way. So I'm going to talk about tomorrow how to deliver, be delivered from yourself. So join us tomorrow at Precious Predicaments, Blog Talk Radio, at 11.30 a.m. And the topic tomorrow is going to be Deliver Me From Me. Because we got a lot of people that need to be delivered from themselves. So until then, take care and have a wonderful day. And... Mrs. B, you can join me anytime. And if you have any topics you want me to talk about or you want to join me on, okay? Oh, thank you so I much. Have- I, yeah, I'm in this. I, I really enjoy this. First time I've ever uh, really participated in a, you know, live talk radio. This was very good. I, I very much enjoyed it. So thank you. And, yeah, I probably will start tuning in. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that because it's a learning experience. And see, I talk about things some people are afraid to talk about. And I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I am the owner of the Center for the Treatment of Addiction, so I specialize with individuals that have drug and alcohol issues, mental oh, wow. health issues. That's wonderful. I do the 52-week domestic violence program. I work with both perpetrators and victims. I also do the 52-week awesome. program where I work with individuals that have been arrested or in trouble with family court for child abuse, child endangerment, in addition to parenting mm-hmm. and co-parenting. I do divorce mediation. I do EAP. I do so much stuff, it's crazy. And I also do public speaking. So if you want to hire me or have me come and speak at events or churches, or I'm very well acclimated, very well diverse in several different subjects. I'm real, I'm down to earth, entertaining, and I have a passion for this. I enjoy doing it. I can reach people in a lot of different ways. Well, I, I kind of did want to share something with you. Um, I'm noticing that as a recent widow myself, I've been, you know, there's a lot of women that are, you know, losing their husbands for whatever reasons. I don't know if you do anything on, you know, getting through grief or how to be, you know, uh, rediscover yourself after losing a loved one. I don't know if you do that, but, you know, you, it would be a good topic because there's a lot of women out there um, that I know this last year and a half that have just tragically been widowed. So 
I don't know if it's right. something you want to tackle. Can. We could talk about that next Monday, reinventing yourself after the death of a loved one. My um, last okay. husband, Mary, we weren't together at the time, but he died at 55 of a heart attack last mm-hmm. September. And we had known mm-hmm. each other since we were 15 years old, got married 33 years later. And I, wow. for the first time, had to celebrate his birthday. And after, it was really odd because of knowing each other for over 40-something years. That was the first time in 40-something years that I didn't get to say happy birthday, cuss him out, fuss at him or something. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of that's that life transition that we're going through. And it's interesting because even with our adult entitled children, sometimes they blame that on you too <laughs> because people don't know how to grieve. But, yeah, there's a lot. I see right. that on Facebook. A lot of my friends that I went to school with are now becoming widows or their spouses are dying or, you know, yeah, and there's not a manual for that. Just like there's no manual no. for raising children, there's no manual no. For how to deal with the, the passing of your parents as well as the passing of a spouse. Mm-hmm. That is a lot. That is a lot. So we could talk about that. Um, you could get my number from Mr. Mr. R, or you can Google my name, Jeanette Abney, or my office number because it goes to my cell phone number. It's 714 one six seven seven, and we can talk hey, about. Hold on. Hold on. I can talk about hold life. I gotta write. Hold on, I gotta write the number down. Hang on, I got. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Well, can you get the door? Hold on. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Seven one four nine nine two. is my office number. And give me a call. So uh-huh. the topic for next Monday will be life after. The death of a spouse. Okay. There we go. I okay. think that's an awesome topic. This okay. is Mr. R, and I right. cannot wait for this topic. Yeah, we'll yep. talk about that. Okay? So, so I'm until on tomorrow, it. next week's topic is, and like right. I said, I'm easy to find. Thank you. Appreciate you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.